following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. I want to speak to you this morning uh, on this subject, and I'm simply titling it, In the Heat of the Moment. In the heat of the moment. And I want to set the stage for you. We're going to dive into a passage of scripture in just a moment. But I want you to understand perhaps some historical context uh, of where we're going before, before we get there. So it was the third year of King Jehoiakim's reign. And he was the king of Judah when Babylon, under the, the leadership of King Nebuchadnezzar, attacked and would conquer Judah. Perhaps you'll, you'll know the story that I'm referencing here in just a moment found in Daniel chapter 3. But, but in this sequence, what King Nebuchadnezzar really w- would say um, to his mighty men and to his people surrounding he, him, he would say, okay, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Judah, and I want you to find the best of the best. I want you to find the smartest, and I want you to bring them back to Babylon. And knowing the story in Daniel chapter 3, you can guess who happened to be among those individuals. It was three Hebrew children by the name of Shadrach, Meshach, not a billy goat. (laughs) They were among the individuals that were brought back with King Nebuchadnezzar. And here, here's what the king was, was basically saying, is I want you to bring them back. And what we're going to do to the individuals that are coming back to, to our city, we're going we're gonna to teach them our culture. We're going to show them our way of living. We're going to indoctrinate them with our beliefs. We're going to feed them our food. We're going to teach them our language and our history. We're not going to let them worship their God, but we're going to teach them to worship our God, the Babylonian gods. And so the very first thing that the leaders did, this is, this is amazing. Oh, you got to catch this. We're going to jump in right from the very beginning. They would change the names of the people that they captured. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not the three Hebrew children's original birth names. So they would give them new names after captivity. And, and here's what I want you to understand as we kind of set the tone for where we're going. In, in essence, what Nebuchadnezzar was saying in this moment is that every time that we call you by name, from this moment forward, we want you to think of the Babylonian gods. And we, we're doing everything in our power to get you to forget about the God that you have served. So in this moment, listen, every, every moment moving forward when we speak your name, it's a reminder of what's holding you captive and what we want you to believe moving forward. And isn't it interesting that times haven't changed very much till this moment today, right? You, you, get, you make one mistake perhaps or, or you feel trapped and captured in a moment and the enemy from this moment forward tries to define you by what you've done trying to to make you forget about the voice that is speaking over you. And if we're not careful, we will allow the voice of the enemy to override what God is speaking over our lives. And in Daniel chapter 3, verse number 1 is really where we're going to start our time together today. King Nebuchadnezzar makes a a massive idol, a 90-foot idol of gold. And he tells every government leader, every official, he says this, everyone come in here. This is the time We're going to dedicate this idol. Then the herald proclaims, This is what you're commanded to do, O people, nations of every language. 
He said, as soon as the band strikes up, as soon as the band gets going, as soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all kinds of music, here's what I, I need all of you to do. You're to fall down, to bow down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship, you know the story, you've learned it in, in childhood Sunday school, they may be teaching it next door today, but whoever does not fall down and worship will be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace. And so King Nebuchadnezzar told the entire kingdom, bow down. And the entire kingdom bows down, except for our main characters today, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who, who stood tall in a bow-down world. Can I tell you, you know what we need in this world? We need some men who will stand tall in a bow-down world. We need some men of God that will rise up and say, it doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what society says. I know what the word of God says, and I choose to stand in a bow-down world. And so when the king finds out that these three young men uh, choose to disobey his orders, as you can imagine, if you were king, you would probably be very furious, and he calls them in. And he says, listen, I'm a man of grace. I'll give you one more chance. When the music plays, you are commanded to bow down and worship. But if you do not worship, I, I want to make sure that you understand the parameters, right, of what's going to happen. If you choose not to worship, you're going to be thrown into a blazing furnace. And he makes this statement. This is so arrogant. And I, I love this, the, the way that God works with this. He says, then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? You know, if I could, like, text him right now, I would text him that eye roll emoji. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like you have got the grip of all grips on people. And I've just come to encourage somebody in this moment, listen, I don't pretend to know where you are. I don't pretend to know what life has thrown at you. But I want to talk to somebody today that feels like you're standing in the middle of a storm. And you're holding on to what seems to be your very last ounce of faith. And here's what I want you to understand as we dive into the word of God today. And it's simply this, is that a faith that is tested by fire is a faith that can be trusted. A faith that is tested by fire is a faith that can be trusted. And so I want to ask you today a very simple question. Can your faith handle the fire? Because it's in, it's in the fire, right, that all the impurities are burned away. And see, all the pretty smiles that we put on when we walk into the house of the Lord, God bless you, praise the Lord, woo-woo. Right? All, all the, the fakeness, all the masks that we wear, see, those are burned away in the presence of the fire. And so I got a question for you. Deep down at the core of it, at the heart of it, can your faith handle the fire?
And so these young men here, they're much like you and I. They had dreams, they had hopes for a future, they had things in their life that they wanted to do. They had a five-year plan, they had a 10-year plan, they had a business plan of what it should all look like. Here's when I'm going to get married, I'm going to have three kids, we're going to name them Shadrach, Meshach. No, you're not going to name them that, why would you do that? But they had it all figured out, right, like we do. They, they knew kind of what they wanted, they had hopes and aspirations of what life could look like for them. They wanted to make a difference, but then all of a sudden, right, this happens. Life slaps them in the face with an unbelievable sudden decision that they have to make. A choice. Really, I've got to make this choice? But this is not how I had it dreamed up. This is not what I've written down in my diary of what's going to happen in my life. All you have to do is bow down one time. Just just one time, and then you just go back to life. I just need to watch you bow down one time, just, just like every look, everybody else is bowing low. J- just one, one time. But if you don't, it's game over. Dead. I just, just one time, just bow down and worship. Just once. I don't know about you, but I've been in situations like this. And and I won't speak for you, but I kind of will because I have a feeling that we're much alike. You know what I tend to do in moments like this if I'm not careful? I start to rationalize (laughs) all the reasons why it would be okay to do it. Right? Is, Is it just me? Right? You start to rationalize away. If for this instance, right, it would be easy. Well, I mean, it, what would hurt if, if I just bowed down one time and then, you know, then, then we can go on? Because truthfully, I know that, that I'm supposed to make a difference while we're here in captivity. And how am I going to make a difference and share my faith, uh, right? We can justify anything, can't we? We use God to justify. But, but how am I going to show them who my God is if I'm dead? Surely I just need to bow down one time and then that way I can be a witness in my community. (laughs) Or we think, well, I mean, if I just worship just one time, maybe nobody will see. There it is. Okay, keep going, right? (laughs) God will forgive me, right? This is... This is what this is what we do is is humanity but the problem is listen let me preach to you for a moment the, the moment that we rationalize one time the moment that the next time you're faced with, with a situation of temptation or anything, it's going to be so much easier to rationalize all the reasons why you can do it again. And before you know it, I'm going to come at you hard in the paint today. Before, that you, before you know it, you're living a life of compromise. No, you didn't intend to get there. You didn't set out to get there. But it's one choice building upon another choice upon another choice. Before five years down the road, you're like, how did I get here? Because we rationalize all the reasons why it would be okay to be unethical in business, to start that conversation with him or her in the workplace. What do you do when your faith is tested by the fire? How do you respond? How do you react when life throws the kitchen sink at you? 
when you least expected it, when you had it all planned out and situated, just this is going to be great. Curveball, 12 to 6 curveball. You didn't see it coming, and you swing for the fences. Strike three. How do you respond when your faith is tested by the fire in the lives of these three young men? Give us several glimpses into how you and I are to respond when our faith is tested by the fire. And I want to share them with you today. The first one is this. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. Is that we must always obey God's commands instead of man's expectations. Watch the story. The king says, bow down. Are you dead? That's kind of what he said. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar. (laughs) I love these guys. We do not need to defend you or defend ourselves before you in this matter. And here's... Here's what they had, and this is where you and I need to get. In other words, what they were trying to say was this. We've already made up our minds. We know what you're about to say. We know the consequences of our actions. But see, long before we ever got to this moment where we're standing before you, O king, and you're you're threatening us with a fiery furnace, we had already had a plan on what we're going to do when our faith is tested by the fire. And King, can I share with you what our plan is? My plan when my faith is tested by fire is always obedience. And my plan is not to obey you, but when my faith is tested by fire, I've already made up a long time ago that I'm going to obey what my Lord says. And you can throw the kitchen sink at me. You can throw the shower. You can throw the whole bathroom. In fact, you can pick up the house off of the wheels and throw it at me if you want. But I made up when I, was, when I was just a young boy that I'm going to obey what the Lord has said about me and commanded me to do and what I know to do is right. See, in the heat of the moment, they didn't say, hey, just king time out. Hey, can we get together, the three of us, and just huddle and just kind of figure out, hey, hey, fellas, uh, there's a good chance we're going to die. What y'all think? What should we do? No, no, no. They didn't, they didn't get to call a friend. They didn't want to call a friend. In fact, they said, we don't even need to negotiate in the, this moment. I've heard what you've said, King. But can I just tell you, we, we know in our heart of hearts what we're going to do. Bring it on. Listen, we may be a little nervous. We may be a little intimidated. I can see the fire over there and it looks hot. Looks real hot. Flames are real high. But I've walked into the moment already with a made up mind of what we are going to do. And listen, you and I make mistakes every single day in the heat of the moment because you don't walk into the moment with a made up mind. Let me preach to every teenager, every young adult in this room today. Before you walk into certain situations in middle school and high school, you need to already know the answer to some of the junk that's going to come against you. I will not compromise. I will stand strong. I will do what the Word of God teaches me to do. I will stand tall in a bow-down world. 
I will obey my God. I know what the outside expectations are. I know what my friends and my peers and everybody in my company thinks I should do. But my choice is to obey God. The second thing that I want to share with you this morning is this. When our faith is tested by fire, we've got to learn to believe God's truths instead of the facts. I like this one. This is going to be fun. See, what's the difference? See, there's a, there's a major difference between the truths of God and, and facts. Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. Watch the richness of what's said here. Bow down and worship. And they said, we're not going to bow down and worship, king. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God that we serve. See, it's not the God that my mama served. It's not the God that I heard about. It's not the God that they told me about. It's not the God that I watched on TV. No, it's the God that I have relationship with, the God that I serve, the one that I worship, the God that we serve. Not, not the, the church that I go to, and that's great. No, no, no. Not what the preacher says. The God that we serve is able to save us from this. And our God will rescue us from your hand, O king. So what's the difference between God's truth and the facts? Let me, let me just, let me show you here. What are the facts? The king said, bow down. Fact. They didn't do it. Fact. The king was angry. Fact. The king was building a rather large bonfire. Fact. The fire was hot. Fact. Everyone who was thrown into the fiery furnace came out a s'more. Fact. The king was about to throw them into the fire. Fact. Our God will deliver us. Truth. See, there's a lot of things that the world says is fact. There's a lot of stuff going on. But the truth is, is that whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're walking through right now, I wonder in the middle of the fire if your faith can stand and you have the courage and the strength to say, it doesn't matter what you bring against me. It doesn't matter what happens in my life. The God that I serve is able to deliver me. Let me, let me break it down a little bit more for you. Scripturally, it's impossible to walk on water, right? That, that's what humanity would say. The truth says that, that Jesus did it, and so did Peter under the direction of Jesus. Fact versus truth. Fact says that when you're dead, you dead. Truth says Jesus didn't stay dead and most of the things that he touched that were dead had the propensity to rise back up and go about their day. That's what the truth says. The fact may say that the doctor says that there's no hope. The truth is, is that the Lord has the final say and is the great physician. See, there's a lot of facts. The fact may be that your marriage is on the rocks and you're, you're going to have a conversation when you get out of here. In fact, you're at church today with the very hopes that there just may be something that can tie a real tight knot in your marriage because it's coming undone quickly. And the truth said, the truth of God says that he is the God of restoration. That he can put back broken pieces and make something beautiful. That he can take the mess that is your relationship and somehow work it back together. But I just don't love him anymore. 
God can do a lot. God can, I've seen it happen. God can put back together the worst of the, I don't know who you are in this house today, but if you've given up hope, let me encourage you today that you're not, your relationship, your marriage is not too far gone for the God that we're preaching about today to do the miraculous in your situation. Does anybody in the house believe that today? Come on, we serve a God that can restore relationships. What do you do when your faith is tested by fire? We obey God's commands instead of man's expectation. We believe God's truth instead of the facts. And number three is this. We believe God. We believe God. We don't, we don't just believe in God. We believe God. See, Scripture says that even demons believe in God. Maybe your biggest challenge sitting here today is that you believe in Him. You just don't believe Him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't just believe in God. They believed God to the point that they trusted him. Literally. Not, I'm not talking, we, we say this all the time. Sure, God, I trust you with my life. Right, that's what we say as Christians. But they said, listen, I, I, in this moment, I'm physically trusting you with my life. Like there's a good chance that without you in this moment, I'm crispy toast. But they believed God enough to say my life is literally on the line and I trust you with every aspect and every fiber of my being. I wonder what our lives would look like if you would stop relying on your own strength and your own ability and your own talents to do certain things and you said, God, I trust you with every aspect of my life. I trust you with the peace of my heart that nobody knows about. I trust you with my time. I trust you with my talents. I don't just believe in you and that's important. But when your faith is being tested by the fire, you got to take him at his word. You got to believe him. When he says that he can deliver you, you got to believe him to the point that you'll risk everything that you have. That you'll say, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that you've taken care of me in the past. And if you've done it then, you're going to do it one more time. They said this, we, we believe, we believe that our God is able to rescue us and we believe that he will, and you got to catch this, he is able and he will, but, but watch the next verse because this is where some of us get tied up. See, God is able and he will, but even what, even if he doesn't, oh king, we want you to know how we roll. (laughs) 
Listen, we're going into it knowing that he's able and that he will, but if by chance he chooses not to, let me let you know before you heat that furnace up seven times where we're still going to stand. Even if God doesn't do it, we know. We know that he can. We think that he should. Trust me, we we really think that he should. But we're not going to worship the gods that you're trying to get us to worship in this moment. You know what I call this? This is is the kind of faith that we're talking about today. It's It's a no matter what faith. Faith, no matter what, it doesn't matter what happens to me, it doesn't matter what comes against me, we will do what you say that we need to do. We will trust you, we believe in you. And there's people sitting all across this audience today that have walked through the fiery storms that life has brought you. And you're a standing testimony of what God has done in your world. Your your situation has been tested by fire, fire that you never thought you would have to see, but you're still standing here today. And I want to give a shout out to everyone in this place that has gone through, listen, listen, that has gone through the tragedy of losing a loved one, of losing a child. And it would be easy to say, God, I don't know if I can trust you anymore. But you're here today. You're standing on the word of God. Your faith may be hanging on by a thread, but you're saying, you know what? A a faith that has been tried by the fire I found in my life is a faith that I can trust. When we're praying for someone to be healed, and they are healed, we believe you no matter what. If we're praying for someone to be healed and it doesn't happen the way that we think or when it should happen, we still believe God no matter what. If somebody that calls himself a Christian hurts us and betrays us, I'm going to still have faith in you, God, no matter what. And no matter what kind of faith, come on, I wonder if anybody in the house today has that kind of faith that says that I'm going to stand for you and believe in you. I give kudos this morning to every parent who your child is far from God. And you've been praying for years that God would bring them back. And maybe it hadn't happened the way that you've dreamed up, and it hadn't happened in the time period that it has. But I commend every mom and dad who is standing strong in their faith that even years after praying and believing for a son or daughter, and it hadn't happened, you're still in church believing with the same vigor and the same ferocity that God, I don't know what's going to happen, Lord, but I know that I'm going to hold on to what your word says. King Nebuchadnezzar says, fine, fair enough, have it your way, boys. Turn the fire up seven times. Let me give you some perspective. At 118 degrees, you will experience a first-degree burn. 131 degrees, you'll experience a second-degree burn. At 140 degrees, the pain receptors overload and become numb. At 162 degrees, human tissue is destroyed on contact. And history tells us That after the furnace was heated up seven times, that it would have been at least 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. 
Go find the strongest guards, tie up the boys, throw them into the fire. And that's exactly what happened. But the beauty of the story is this. Is that even in that moment when they were thrown into the fire and the soldiers, because of the heat of the, they weren't even in the fire. But the fire was so hot that even getting that close to it, they died. And you know the story. This is not a spoiler alert. You've read the story a million times. The three Hebrew children were the ones that didn't die. Right? And here's the beauty of it. King Nebuchadnezzar is blown away, and he's astonished, and he, he, he rises in haste, and he says to his counselors this. He says, guys, uh, didn't, didn't we throw one, two, three? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We threw three in there. But see, when I'm look, I might need LASIK. My guy, who, call the eye doctor. One, two, three, four. And that one, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? He kind of looks, he kind of looks like the Son of God. Yeah. Just stand with me. Here's how I want to close our time together today. Listen. Listen closely. If you're walking, if you're walking through a storm in life, and the enemy has thrown everything at you, and you are right in the middle of it, you need to hear me. That you may never know just how good the presence of God is until you're standing in the middle of the fire. See, his presence means a little more to us sometimes when we're standing in the middle of the fire. It's one thing for me to get up here and preach about it. But you believe it a little bit more when you're, when you're walking through the middle of the fire. And you've chosen to risk it all and say, Lord, I trust you with everything. But the fire's still hot. I feel the fire, but I know that you're, you're a God of your word. And I want to encourage someone today, listen. I know it's hot. I know the situation is bad. But in those moments, hear me. When our God is at his best. And it's in the moments that you're walking through right now when you will realize how great his presence is. It's more than something that our mama taught us in that moment, right? See, in that moment, it becomes more than, than I believe in you, God. But in that moment, you, you, you don't have a choice but to say, God, I believe you. Because it hurts. I got questions. I got frustrations. But you're here with me. So if that's you today, listen. If you're walking through a situation... 
wanna invite you to make your way down to the front. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're not, we're not looking at people. This is, this is, come on, we all go through moments like this. And as you begin to make your way down here, I'm gonna pray over you in just a moment. And here's what I believe is gonna happen. <laughs> that you're gonna realize that you're not standing there alone. No, in fact, you've never been alone. But here's what's gonna happen in this moment. In your hearts and over your lives, you're gonna feel the presence of God in the fire in a way that maybe you haven't felt in a long time. And here's what you're gonna realize, that in this moment, when life has thrown it all at me, that he's with me. And if he's with me, listen, I know, I don't know how, but I know that if his presence is with me in the fire, that I'm gonna make it. So would you raise your hands if you're down here, if you're down the front, listen. Lord, right now, if you're in the audience, would you stretch your hands towards your brothers and sisters today? Lord, I don't pretend to know what the situations are that we're walking through, but here's what I do know. That today we choose not to just believe in you, but we're taking it a step further. We believe you at your word. And Lord, we're in the middle of a fiery situation. Our faith is being tested like we've never imagined that it could be tested. But Lord, here's the beauty of what's happening in this moment is that your presence is sweeping across this room right now. <laughs> and you're reassuring us that in this moment, your presence is greater than anything that we have to stand against. We have faith. We have faith that you're gonna bring us through. We trust you at your word. Have your way. Have your way. Let peace sweep through this house right now. That even in the middle of the fiery darts of the enemy, we will stand strong. Because we, we trust you. We obey you. We know what your word says about us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody seal it in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Listen, listen. If you're down at the front, I want you to understand this that when you come through whatever it is that you're walking through, listen, you're gonna know the presence of God better than you've ever known that presence. <laughs> you're gonna know without, listen, and this is because life comes at us again, it's gonna happen again, it's called life, right? But this is gonna be a building block to the next thing. And you're going to stand on that next situation and you're going to say, enemy, you brought it against me last time. I was walking through the fire, but guess what? I put it all on the line and God delivered me. He brought me out of it and his presence is going to be so much sweeter on the other side of this. So here's your homework today. Are you ready? 
walk out of here, no matter what it is, and you declare every morning when you wake up, every night when you go to bed, I trust you. I don't understand. I don't know. But I trust you. And I feel your presence in this moment. And Lord, maybe that needs to be your prayer. Lord, send me your presence. Let me feel your warm touch. And I got good news for you. He's good at what he does. <laughs> if you trust him, if you trust him and have a, a no matter what kind of faith. See, there's testimonies all through this audience who have walked through storms. And they've got the no matter what kind of faith that he will be with you moving forward. And you need to know, rest assured that you are not walking alone, you're not going through it alone. He has never left you and he will never, ever forsake you. So here's the last thing that we're gonna do. I want you to go ahead and before it's even done, I want you to start thanking him for whatever it is that he's about to bring you through. Can you do that? Come on, all across the house today. Lord, we give you glory. We thank you for what you're bringing us through. I thank you for a faith that is gonna stand strong. Thank you for delivering us. Woo! Yes! Hallelujah! So when you walk out of here, walk out of here rejoicing. He's gonna bring you through. Do you believe it today? Come on, is anybody in the house believe it today? Wow. Lord, we thank you for our time together today. Lord, I'm so grateful for your presence. Lord, if you don't show up, there's no use in us being here. We're here to worship you. We're here to grow together through your word, Lord. We're here to be changed by your word. And I thank you for sweeping in this house today and doing what only you can do, Lord. I thank you for being with us, being with us in the fire. Be with us tomorrow when we wake up and go to work. Be with us on Tuesday. Be with us on Wednesday because that's the God that you are. Bless us and bring us back on Wednesday night in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great rest of your Sunday. We'll see you on Wednesday.